Mahalo, namo myoho renge kyo, namo myoho renge kyo, namo myoho renge kyo. How are you? I hope you're, this finds you in good health and secure. Um, we're in that transitional time of the year, so I encourage you, this is the time to really, um, really strengthen your resolve, yeah? Um, savor your practice, right? And as we bring in a new year, Let's use this time, this calendar, uh, to reaffirm our confidence and our resolve in our practice. Um, to start yet another calendar phase in our lives uh, with determination for success in our lives to manifest all our potential unreservedly, without uh, obstacles, and to overcome any obstacles that may arise with that same strong spirit. Yeah? All right. Um, interestingly enough, uh, that dovetails right into this new chapter we're starting in this translation of uh, Leon Hurwitz's Hervit uh scholarship of the Lotus Sutra with uh, the bestowal of prophecies, the, the, um, the setting of goals, really. Um, we have so far uh, in this reading of the Lotus Sutra discussed um, expedient means, right? Skillful devices, uh, whatever combination of those words you want to use. Basically, uh, teaching and storytelling and parables and words and phrases that are meant to address people where they are in life, to encourage them to take the next steps, to evolve further. Uh, but from the get-go, this sutra has been presented as it's not all that anymore. This, specifically, is let's just do it. It's I've been telling you it's inherent. I've been telling you that it's uh, something to uh, aspire to. But now I'm telling you that aspiration isn't needed so much as simply instantiating it, doing it. So what's the difference? Have I been lying to you? Have I been teasing you? No, I've just been giving you what you're ready to hear. And some of you are more ready than others. Does that mean you're better or lesser beings? No, it just means that in order to fully appreciate the level of enlightenment that you can attain, you, you have to prepare your own mind for it. That's why it's called a path. Otherwise, it would just be attaining the destination Yes? And that's what we're going to do with the Lotus Sutra. We're simply going to attain the destination. The path is a bodhisattva preoccupation. The path is how we course in the world, how we live our lives in samsara while attaining, awakening that maximal potential that Buddha awareness, clarity. Hmm? So, the path 
the definition of the path changes a bit here. But this is a big paradigm shift with the lotus. And so now that he's been more and more and and the the multitude uh, the crowd the audience the the assembly uh with progressively higher achievements of study right from from uh the four uh fold assembly to the shravakas to Buddhas, to arhat uh now talking to bodhisattvas who've been training as bodhisattvas mahakashyapa realizes oh my goodness now i understand you know we've been training hard thinking that we could achieve such and such but such and such wasn't the maximal potential we have we just sort of set that limitation on ourselves simply by our natures and now that you open up this door to perfect complete enlightenment and you say we're all capable of reaching that enlightenment awakening uh, it makes perfect sense so no we don't we don't see you as a great liar or or holding anything back we see it as ourselves holding ourselves back so we're ready we get it right so now, in this chapter, Shakyamuni is going to take that lead, if you will, from Mahashapa and those senior disciples and make predictions. You will attain this. You will attain that. At talking to different groups at different levels, saying basically the same thing. So this is uh, also known as the encouragement. Yes? Um, so... Without further ado, let's get into it. There's something very notable right off the bat in this chapter that Leon Hurwitz does. And I don't know if this is a, an English transposition from French or if it's, uh, I don't know, but I picked up on it. It's a very critical uh, statement that I've not heard in any other translation. And that is, you will hear in... Uh, the first sentence. At that time, having spoken these gathas, first of all, you notice it doesn't say, thus I have heard, which every other translation says. So that's maybe a, a convention of a more modern translation. Whatever. That's not the part I want to call your attention to. The world-honored one addressed the great multitude proclaiming words like these. Words like these. That's the loosest possible translation I've ever heard. Right? Everything we've read so far, translations of the Lotus anyway, have said, thus I have heard, then the Buddha said these words. Hmm? And this says, proclaiming words like these so right off the bat it's saying this is an interpretation this is a translation this is of a, a language of capturing the meaning of something something said by shakyamuni buddha it's kind of a tacit admission yeah 
which doesn't bother me. It just stands out, doesn't it? So, all right. This disciple of mine, Mahakashyapa, in time to come shall have audiences with 300 myriads of millions of world-honored Buddhas, shall make offerings to them, shall revere, honor, and praise them, shall broadly propagate the Buddha's great incalculable dharma, and in his final body shall be able to become a Buddha named Ray Glow. A thus come one worthy of offerings of right and universal knowledge, his clarity and conduct perfect, well gone, understanding the world, an unexcelled worthy, a, regulator, a, a regulator of men of stature, a teacher of gods and men, a Buddha, a world-honored one. Now, I want to spend just a moment on this sentence because this may have piqued your interest many times because we've read this formula before. But I want you to understand when he says, Mahakashyapa, Mahakashyapa, in time to come, shall have audiences with 300 myriads of millions of world-honored Buddhas. Are you thinking about that? It's like, which Buddhas is he talking to and why? Well, that's you and I. That's every sentient mind on the planet. That's every sentient mind in the cosmos. The inference in that statement, in this translation, but in that statement, is that Mahakashyapa, as a Bodhisattva Mahasattva, who understands the Buddha way, how to penetrate the Buddha mind will, in essence, be communicating with other beings, other sentient beings, whatever their level of study. When, when we address as bodhisattvas people who are either completely ignorant of Buddhism or starting out in Buddhism or Buddhist friends and uh, uh, like-minded other bodhisattvas, other people learning, whatever stage they're at, when we address them, we will be speaking with them, we will be influencing them, we will be in their presence of their Buddha-ness. Let that sink in. It, it's a a real good reminder that when we're speaking with other human beings, because of our learning and practice, we are not talking to, there's no hierarchy here. Once you understand Buddha-ness, even if you're not coursing in it every moment of the day, but you're learned in it, you're chanting, you're awakening your Buddha nature, even if you're not in your best of moods or, or uh, uh, realms as you're coursing the day. Because you've awakened that Buddha-ness, everything you do, think, and say with other sentient minds is speaking to their Buddha-ness. And this is why I've said before, we should treat everyone we meet as potential Buddha. 
rather than trying, it's important that we understand where they are so that we can speak in skillful ways to inspire them, to cause them to aspire to achieve their own enlightenment. But when we speak to them, we are speaking to their Buddha, their maximal potential, because this is where we're speaking from, whether or not we think we are or not. All the more reason to keep steady with our practice, yeah? So that we can draw from that Buddha wisdom whenever necessary, whenever needed, and trust it, have confidence in it. Because when we communicate with others, we are communicating through their 3,000 realms in every single thought moment to their Buddha nature. Does that make sense? It's kind of a big deal. So this is what this is saying. He says, Makashapa, Mahakashapa, in time to come, in, from now on, is going to be talking with millions and millions of Buddhas. In other words, everyone he meets, everyone he encounters, or anyone who encounters him will be encountering via their Buddha radar, their Buddha mind, whether they're aware of it or not. The onus, though, is on Mahakashapa. It's on you and it's on me, right? I'm coursing the world with this responsibility. The responsibility is to myself, to honor, and this is why he uses these words, right? He says, shall revere, honor, and praise them their Buddha, which is, in essence, me affording dignity to my own Buddha-ness, yeah? Broadly propagate the Buddha's great incalculable Dharma. Why would you propagate the Buddha's great incalculable Dharma to Buddhas? For the very reason I just explained, because those Buddhas are yet undiscovered. They're dormant, Although you, as being a Buddha, Buddha mind, Buddha wise, as a Bodhisattva, is communicating Buddha to Buddha, you understand. Remember what he said earlier? This can only be communicated among, uh, between Buddhas. So even if you talk to somebody who's completely ignorant of Buddhism, you are, in fact, addressing their potential, their Buddha-ness. If you weren't, how could you inspire them toward it? How could you make them aspire to something that you're not communicating? Hmm? It's kind of, it's kind of obfuscated by this language, but there it is. His realm shall be named glow power. His kalpa shall be named magnificently accoutred. The Buddha's lifespan shall be 12 minor kalpas and his true dharma shall abide in the world 20 minor kalpas and his counterfeit 
uh, dharma shall also abide 20 minor kalpas. What's this counterfeit dharma? Right? It's the expedient means. It's not counterfeit like bad money. It's counterfeit of in place of until it blossoms in these others, we are addressing it nonetheless. I know it can be confusing, but does that help to understand? And by using, you know, minor kalpas, major kalpas, all that, it's just time. It's what the effort, commensurate with the effort taken, will it come be realized, yeah? The territories of his realm shall be well adorned, having no filth or evil, no tiles or pebbles, no thorns or thistles, no excrement or other impurities. Its soil shall be flat and even, having no high or low, no hills, no crevices. It shall be, it shall have vayaduria for earth and jeweled tree rows with cords made of gold. We've heard this before, right? In other words, your life condition as you course as a bodhisattva, witnessing all those who encounter you and that you encounter as fellow Buddhas, you will experience as this light, beautiful existence. Right? I had an analogy I thought of the other day, and I don't know if this will... Hmm. As far as teaching others and seeing them as Buddhas, when they clearly have not realized it for themselves yet, because hmm? that's the only way that'll happen. I thought of The Wizard of Oz. You remember that movie? Little girl, they follow the yellow brick road to go to the Emerald City, right? Yellow brick road, it's a path. The Emerald City may have many paths that go to it, but Dorothy's path was the yellow brick road. And she learned some things along the way, right? The straw man, the tin man, so on, the lion. And when they got to the Emerald City, for all of its wonder and everything, they learned that the power wasn't in the Emerald City. That that was just a guise, right? The guy behind the curtain, that was just a, a goal set, an aspiration set. And that ultimately, when that potential for Dorothy came about, she awakened in her own bed in her home on the farm. She'd never left. And I thought, isn't that a kind of a poetic analogy for our Buddhaness? That wonderful, beautiful thing has always been there. What Dorothy needed to do was change her attitude and therefore her intent. Instead of being miserable about her circumstance, 
She could have super deep appreciation for her mother and her aunt and the farm and everything. It changed her life, but she changed her life. Yeah? Not the man behind the curtain. So you could say the man behind the curtain was counterfeit dharma. Only so that to the point where she could identify it as her own potential. Kind of neat. I thought that was pretty good. If you haven't seen that movie, I, I recommend it. Uh, it's an old story, but it's still very well told. Hmm? So it's all about your life condition. How you see the world is everything. With cords made of gold shall its highways be bordered. It shall be everywhere clean and pure with jeweled flowers scattered about. It's a matter of how you experience your samsaric life. Through the lens of Buddha. The bodhisattvas of that realm shall exist in incalculable thousands of millions. In other words, everyone becomes your ally. And if not, they just leave your environment. They're not, they're not obstacles, right? They're either bodhisattvas or they're not there. Mara shall have no business there. There you have it. Though Mara and the subjects of Mara shall be there, they shall all protect the Buddha Dharma. So nothing changes except attitude and intent. It's beautiful. At that time, the world-honored one wishing to restate this meaning proclaimed gathas, saying, I declare to the bhikshus, not just Mahakashapa, but all the monks and bhikshunis, with my Buddha eye, I see that this kashyapa, in ages to come, beyond innumerable kalpas, shall be able to become a Buddha, to wit, that in an age to come, having made offerings to and had audiences with 300 myriad of millions of world-honored Buddhas, and having for the sake of Buddha knowledge purely cultivated Brahman conduct and made offerings to the supremely venerable among two-legged beings, he shall cultivate and practice all unexcelled knowledge and shall in his last body, all our last bodies, be able to become a Buddha. His land shall be pure, with Vaidurya for soil, with many jeweled trees and rows by the roadside, with gold cord bordering the highways, so that they who, shall, who see shall rejoice. When he shows up, everyone will feel good. Hmm? It shall ever produce goodly scents and be strewn with a multitude of outstanding flowers, of many varieties and of rare and wonderful beauty, with which it shall be adorned. Its soil shall be flat and even, having no mounds or crevices, very few obstacles, if any, yeah? You'll just course easily in samsara, in the world. Not really samsara. Samsara is the defiled, ignorant world. But by coursing, by remaining in this physical cosmos, just like... Um, 
I did a, a, an analogy a long time ago with a bowl of water and uh, strewn pepper on the surface of it with pepper flakes all over the top of the water in the bowl. And I put tiny bit, a drop of uh, dish soap on the end of, tip of my finger, rubbed it in. And then I touched the surface of the water and all the pepper whoo, flung out to the sides. Pepper's still in the water, but it's not affecting my finger. It's not touching it, right? That was a, that's a cool visual. I recommend you try it at home. It's a funny little experiment. It's how to visualize what he's saying right now. Of many varieties and of rare, wonderful beauty with, all, with which it shall be adorned. Its soil shall be flat, having no mounds or crevices. Its multitude of bodhisattvas shall be impossible to reckon. Their thoughts being tamed and gentle. And they themselves, having reached great supernatural penetration into the mind, yeah, reverently upholding the Buddha's canon of the great vehicle, the multitude of voice hearers, in their final body, free of outflows, sons of the Dharma King, shall also be unreckonable. They'll touch the lives of innumerable people, right? For even by resort to a divine eye, it shall not be possible to know their number. That Buddha shall live twenty or twelve minor kalpas, his true Dharma shall abide in the world twenty minor kalpas, and his counterfeit dharma shall also abide 20 minor kalpas. This is all about influence and duration of influence, impact of spreading, propagating the dharma, the dharma teaching, the potential Buddhahood, yeah? As for Reglo, the world-honored one, this shall be the manner of him. This will be his life anyone's life, all of you. Hmm? At that time, the great Madhagalayana, Subhuti, and Mahakatyayana, all greatly agitated, joined palms and looking up at the world-honored one, not taking their eyes off him for a moment, straight away, together with a single voice, proclaimed Gatha, saying, the greatly fierce and heroic world-honored one, the Dharma king of the Shakyas, Right, Shakyamuni, the great Muni, great sage of the Shakya clan, Shakyamuni. Because he took pity on us, conferred on us the sound of the Buddha's voice. The sound of the Buddha's voice, the long, broad tongue. All are uh, similes, is that probably? Anal analogous to the teaching, the spreading of the teaching, right? If knowing our deepest thoughts and perceiving that we are the recipients of this prophecy, he sprinkles sweet dew on us, he will thereby rid us of oppressive heat and we shall be cooled. As if coming from a famished land and suddenly encountering a great king's feast, one still harbored doubts and fears in one's thought. Right? We still weren't confident we're going to be able to pull this off. Not yet daring to eat without further ado, or as if, again, one had to get the king's permission, and then, and only then, would dare to eat 
we too, in the same way, ever thinking of the errors of the lesser vehicle, do not know how we are to gain the Buddha's unexcelled knowledge. Though we hear the sound of the Buddha's voice saying that we shall become Buddhas, in our thoughts we still harbor cares and fears, as if we dared not eat. If we receive the Buddha's gift of prophecy, only then shall we be quickly put at ease. My gosh, these people require a lot of convincing, don't they? <laughs> oh, greatly fierce and heroic world-honored one who constantly desire to put the world at ease, we beg you to confer this prophecy upon us as if we were hungry men awaiting permission to eat. You've just admitted your own obstacle. Oh, well. At that time, the world-honored one, knowing what, a great dis, uh, what the great disciples were thinking at heart, declared to the bhikshus, This Subhuti, in ages to come, shall have audience with 300 myriad millions of Nayutas, like 100 million, he assumes here, of Buddhas, shall make offerings to them and venerate them, shall honor and praise them, and shall ever cultivate Brahman conduct and perfect the Bodhisattva path in his final body contriving to become a Buddha named Sign, named Name Sign or Moon Sign. Uh, thus come one worthy of offerings of right universal knowledge. So again, this is instruction on how we should conduct our lives as bodhisattvas. Seeing others and venerate them, honor them, praise them, and our own conduct should be elevated like a Brahmin. And a Brahmin in India was the highest class or caste of society, right? Only they could become leaders. Again, the Lotus Sutra is instruction on how to accomplish coursing in the world as a bodhisattva. Plain and simple. The soil should be decorated, you know, experience your life with amazement and appreciation. And 20 minor kalpas, 20 blah, 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 on and on and on. I'm curious to see. Does he have a glossary in here? An index. No, no glossary. I'll have to look that up on my own. Anyway, sorry about that. The Buddha shall ever dwell in empty space, preaching the Dharma for the multitude, saving incalculable bodhisattvas and multitudes of voice hearers. The Buddha shall ever dwell in empty space. The mind. The mind is an emergent property of our physical being, isn't it? 
And the mind is like empty space. It's just awareness, consciousness of energy and the momentum of energies, the engine of life. I'm going to have to book here. But anyway. He uses that analogy a lot. Because it's ever-present, Buddha. At that time, the world honor one wishing to restate this meaning proclaimed Gatha, saying, O multitude of bhikshus, I now inform you, you must all single-mindedly listen to what I say. My great disciple, Subhuti, shall be able to become a Buddha, whose name shall be name sign. He shall make offerings to countless myriads of millions of Buddhas. Following the Buddha's course of conduct, he shall at length perfect the great path. In his final body, gaining the 32 marks, becoming straight, upright, and, wondrous, uh, and of wondrous beauty, quite like a jeweled mountain. His Buddha land shall be the first among the purely adorned and of the living beings who see him, none but shall love and desire him. Within his Buddha Dharma, many bodhisattvas, all without exception of being of keen faculties, shall turn the wheel that has no backsliding. That realm shall ever be with bodhisattvas adorned. The multitude of voice hearers shall be innumerable, all having gained the three clarities, having perfected the six supernatural penetrations, dwelling in the eight deliverances, and having great and imposing excellences in his preaching of the Dharma that Buddha shall display incalculable supernatural penetrations and magical powers not to be conceived or discussed. Hmm. The gods and human subjects in number like to the Ganges's sands shall all together joining palms listen respectively to the Buddha's words that Buddha shall live twelve minor kalpas, his true Dharma shall abide in the world. Twenty minor kalpas and his counterfeit dharma shall also abide twenty minor kalpas. At that time, the world-honored one again declared to the bhikshus, I now tell you that in an age to come with divers implements, this great katayana, katayana, Katyayana, sorry, finally said it right, shall make offerings to and reverently serve 8,000 millions of Buddhas, doing them deference and honor after the Buddha's extinction. For each, he shall erect a stupa shrine, whose height shall be a thousand yohanas, whose length and breadth shall be 500 yohanas, and which shall be filled with gold, silver, vaidurya, giant clamshell, agate, pearl, and carnelian. These precious seven, I mean, Nietzsche must have just been beside himself when this idea of the scroll came to mind, right? And developed, firstly, with the Daimoku of Namo Myoho down the center and evolved to be the Lotus Sutra and captured in a single scroll, hmm? With a multitude of flower garlands, paint scented, or paint scent, powdered scent, burned incense, cotton canopies, and banners, he shall make offerings to those stupa mausoleums. When that time is past, 
he shall again make offerings to two myriads of millions of Buddhas in the same way. Having made offerings to these Buddhas, he shall perfect the Bodhisattva path and shall be able to become a Buddha named Jambudnanda Gold Glow. Uh, uh, thus come one, a worthy of offerings, so on and so forth. His land shall be flat and right. All of those wonderful things as well. It shall have none of the four evil destinies to wit hell, hunger, hungry ghosts, beasts, or ashuras, the lower realms, right? It shall have many gods and men, the multitude of voice hearers, as well as bodhisattvas, in incalculable myriads, myriads, myriads of millions, shall adorn that realm. The Buddha's lifespan shall be 12 minor compasses, and so on. And then he repeats it in Gathas. You, multitude of bhikshus and bhikshunis, listen, all of you, with a single mind. He's restating single-mindedness again. As is what I preach, so is the truth no different. This Katyayana shall, with a variety of wondrous fair implements, make offerings to Buddhas after the Buddha's extinction. He shall erect stupas of the seven jewels. Erecting a stupa of the seven jewels. Namu myoho renge There's that stupa, that Buddhadon, having within it the seven jewels, right? All for the purpose of single-mindedly penetrating that Gohonzon mind. Thank you, Nichiren. And also, with flowers and scents, make offerings to their sarita in his last body, as ours is all our last body, in other words, in this lifetime. Hmm? He shall gain Buddha knowledge, achieve undifferentiating and right intuition, his land being clean and pure, he shall save incalculable myriads of millions of living beings, hmm? speaking and communicating with their Buddha, from all of whom, from all ten sides, he shall receive offerings, that Buddha's radiance, none shall be able to exceed, that Buddha's name shall be called Jambu Gold Glow, bodhisattvas and voice hearers who have severed all being, incalculable and innumerable, shall adorn his realm. So the, the influence of our Buddhaness is just so far-reaching, it's incalculable. All the more reason to be on our guard of our behavior and our practice constantly. Yeah, as Nichiren says, I'm now living every moment of every day in Myoho Renge Kyo. Where are we time-wise? Yeah, that's enough for today. So, obviously, uh, the people in this assembly are affording uh, Shakyamuni the opportunity to restate in different words, slightly different words, over and over again. And it's interesting that the words are different for each group that he talks to. Even though he's saying the same thing, he's using different expletives, different ways of understanding because still, as bodhisattvas, with the Buddha way, we individually course the world differently. 
right? We're not homogenous. Enlightenment may seem like homogeneity, but it is only homogenous as what it is, that enlightened mind. But the way that enlightened mind is experienced is very individual, always. Still, it's all part of the whole. It's like diving into the ocean and collecting a cup of water from all over the planet. It's ocean water, but it's going to have slightly different compositions, isn't it? But it's all ocean water. Hmm? The salinity, the, even the temperature, right? So on and so forth. You get it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your practice. And I remind you to take a few seconds to just like and subscribe. It's very important to propagating this resource with, as the, the links in the description will avow, free, lots of free stuff, the podcast, the, the information on threefoldlows.com, which I continuously add to. Um, if there's a way, I'm starting to wonder if I should organize that page into sections because there's so much on it. Uh, let me know your thoughts on that. And um, yeah, all that. Oh, and access, of course, to ebooks, print books, a proper mandala. Yeah. In the meantime, please take care of your health. Keep your practice strong. That's super important. And uh, I will see you in the next one. Bye for now. Oh.